Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Mike Hogan Show on CPL Radio. This is recorded on Saturday, November 7th, 2020, a glorious day in the United States as they project Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Um, so congratulations to him, of course. Can't uh, go without mentioning that. Um, but let's just get right into it here. Um, um, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode today. I, I, I have something on my chest that I really want to talk about um, from a fan's perspective. Not even just a... I'm not going to approach this as a as somebody who who writes and talks about sports often. That's what I want to do for a living. I want to approach this from a fan's perspective, and if you know me, you know I'm a big Michigan football fan, and I've had enough. I have had enough of the losing and the embarrassing performances time and time and time again. Um, so we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh today for a little bit, and then we're going to look at some NFL games to keep an eye out uh, for this weekend, and uh, then we'll get you on your way. So to start off the show, we're, we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh, um, another another uh, embarrassing uh, loss for him today, um, just a, just predictable at this point that that he's just going to be embarrassed um, every week at this point. Uh, Michigan football is miserable. Um, they got beat by Indiana today for the first time in 30, 33 years, uh, first time since nineteen eighty seven. Congratulations to Indiana. Um, they they uh, they they are the, the the next in line here. Or they're up. Um, they they were the next team to uh, embarrass Jim Harbaugh in his in his uh, overrated. Um, all the adjective, all the all the poor adjectives to describe Michigan football's program. Overrated is the best one. Um, you know, it, it's just embarrassing. They went and got the embarrassed today. Um, Indiana beat them thirty-eight to twenty-one. A week after Michigan State, who by the way got beat by an an Owen uh, by an uh, Iowa team today, forty-nine to seven. Um, so Michigan State got beat today, but they beat Michigan last week. So two losses in a row for Michigan to two pretty, you know, mediocre teams at best. Um, 
so yeah, um, you know, it, it, it's been embarrassing um, to be a Michigan fan, and you know, quite frankly, I might be done watching them this season. Um, they they still got to play Wisconsin next week. They'll probably lose that one. They'll they'll get beat by Penn State too. They'll probably lose to Ohio State. It, it's just it, I've reached the point where you know it, um, here's why I am as a Michigan fan. We're at the crossroads here. If they don't get rid of Jim Harbaugh and find another coach, I'm done. I, I'm not going to watch until that happens. Um, I'm so sick of Jim Harbaugh, and I'll list the reasons why. Um, and it, it's just it's just angering at this point um, to, to watch. Michigan football continue to be a national punching bag. Every time they lose, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it really is. It's embarrassing um, to be a Michigan fan um, because Harbaugh was hired a couple of years ago. It was a big frenzy, a big party when Harbaugh got hired in Ann Arbor. Everybody was freaking out about it. It was a cute story. I was excited about it. I was really excited about what he could potentially do. A guy who's been had success at every le- level of coaching. Uh, college at Stanford, at, you know, everywhere he's been in college, he's won. In the NFL, he had that great success with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he took him to the playoffs. He took him to the Super Bowl. He did this and that, accomplished this and that. Seemed to be a quarterback whisperer. Had Colin Kaepernick playing at elite level. Alex Smith played well under Harbaugh. So much was exciting about it. Harbaugh was coming back to his alma mater, uh, where he played quarterback, Michigan. His, uh, you know, his family has ties there. His father was on the coaching staff back in the day. It was an exciting, cute story. It was a frenzy in Ann Arbor. Everybody was making some predictions. Oh, Michigan's going to do this and that, and they're going to go to the playoffs, and they're going to go to the national championship game. They're going to take control of the rivalry against Ohio State. They're going to do, and it's just going to be amazing, wonderful. Michigan's going to be a force. And right from the get-go, if you think back to Jim Harbaugh's first game, Against Utah, you can draw the line way back to there, uh, way back to 2015. Um, you should have, we should have all known it was going to be a disappointment then, when they had a chance to beat a very good Utah team in that first game um, of his of his tenure at Michigan, and they uh, they laid an egg, um, they lost a heartbreaker, and that's that's just that's just been the theme. The the, the embarrassing head scratching and, and angering losses just started right off the gate. It continued that year with Michigan State that. Fumble that everybody likes to make fun of, uh, the 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 dropping the snap that was a fluke loss. You know Michigan should never lost that game, but that that's another defining factor in Harbaugh's book. Um, you know it, it continues on and on. They they lose to Ohio State. They've lost a couple more times to Michigan State since 2015. Penn State they've had trouble with at times. Um, they have same thing with Wisconsin. They've kind of gone back and forth with them over the years and. Notre Dame, they've split with whatever. Harbaugh's won about ten games a year. Yeah, Michigan's making bowl games, this and that. They're, they're, they are. Michigan's not a bad football program. They're good. They're decent. They're overrated. They are not a powerhouse. They're not a college football playoff contender every season. They haven't beaten Ohio State. They have only won one bowl game. And by the way, that was in twenty sixteen or whenever it was. Harbaugh's first season. It. Is time to do something else. It's time to move on. You can't tell me anymore. After the last two weeks, after watching this unprepared efforts every week, two weeks now, you cannot tell me that there's somebody better. That there's not somebody better out there than Harbaugh. Uh, that's, that's what I'm sick of with this fan base, is that everybody thinks that, oh, well, who else are we going to get? Who else is going to come coach her? Who's better than Harbaugh? Who, who's better than Harbaugh? Tell me. 
That's where the fan base is, and that's not what it should be. Michigan fans were promised a lot, and we expected a lot out of this. This era of Michigan football, we expected it to be different, and it hasn't really been different. Michigan football fans should be angry. They should be upset because we don't deserve this. We deserve more than this, than this crap, this unprepared football, the excuses every week, it seems like. The, uh, we deserve a coach who's going to want to beat Ohio State. That's another thing I have a bone to pick with Harbaugh is that, you know, it, it, he, he almost acts like uh, every year that um, while Ohio State's always talking about Michigan, they're always talking about that game and always keeping an eye on us. They're always doing this and that, saying this and that about Michigan. Michigan doesn't. They don't care about the rivalry. They don't take it as seriously. They, they're all like that with all their rivalry games. Uh, Michigan doesn't take their rivalry seriously. Um, they, they disregard it every year and have this game-by-game game approach. Well, yeah, you can have that, but you should always be obsessed with Ohio State. And it's almost, you know, it almost should be a sick obsession uh, to, to want to beat them and to always want to keep an eye on them like they do to us. And we don't have it. There's no passion there. There's no heart there. There's no will there. Harbaugh is an uninspired coach. He's old. His crap is old. He's got to pack his bags and get out of town. His defense sucks. He hasn't been able to find a quarterback yet. Uh, all the quarterbacks he's had have been pretty much lousy, um, underperformers, not very good, um, could be better. His defenses, they play pretty good here and there. They'll look pretty good against a Purdue, but then they'll go up against Ohio State and get blown out of the water just like they did today in Indi- in Bloomington when their quarterback uh, you know, was, was running all over us and um, our offense couldn't get anything going. And you know what? It's just time to move on. It's time to accept it as a Michigan fan that this isn't working and Michigan needs something else. I don't care who that coach is. Anybody of Harbaugh's staff, somebody that's a competent football coach, can can do a similar job to this than what Harbaugh's done, if not better. Somebody's out there right now, uh, and, and one guy you know, I want to see, Michigan go after and kick the tires on once they finally make, and I think they will. I think they are absolutely going to move on from Harbaugh. I think, you know, he's got that big contract um, that 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 is, uh, you know, they're talking about maybe um, there a few years ago. Everybody was saying, oh, let's let's give him a lifetime contract. Are you glad we didn't do that now? Uh, I, I I I think uh, one guy they should look at is Luke Fickle with Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bearcats are ranked number six in the nation right now. Luke Fickle's an Ohio State guy. He was on their staff there. Um, he was actually, I believe, he was their interim head coach when uh, that whole Trussell, Jim Trussell thing happened um, a number of years ago. When uh, right before the the Buckeyes uh, had signed, um, um, yeah, he he was on Ohio State's coaching staff, 1999. He went to Akron in 2000, 2001. Came back to Ohio State. Was there until 2016. Um, went to Cincinnati in 2017, um, and he's there now, and he's got those Bearcats playing unbelievable football um, right now. They're number six in the nation. Um, they're playing right now. I'm actually kind of watching the game as I rant on and on and on here about how bad Jim Harbaugh is at his job. Um, and, um, yeah, he was their interim coach um, right before they hired um, Urban Meyer um, back in 2011. So, yeah, I, I think Luke Fickle's the guy that they should want. The guy's coaching at Cincinnati. Um, Michigan can give him a lot more money than when Cincinnati's paid him. That's obvious. Um, and it's a big-time job. 
uh, not to say that Cincinnati isn't, but it's a big-time job in the Big Ten. Luke Fickle knows Ohio State. He's been there. He's been on the other side of the rivalry. He's 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 coached against Michigan for a number of years, uh, and and he knows that rivalry. Um, and 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 the, we need someone like that. Um, and 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 not to mention, um, you know, he he played in the National Football League, and uh, you know, he, he has all this experience. Um, and he played for the Buckeyes as well. Um. He played for the Buckeyes. He coached for the Buckeyes. He knows what it's like on the other side, and that's what Michigan needs right now. I think that's what they need more than anything. Um, and Harbaugh, obviously, you know, he's played in Ohio State games. He's coached against Ohio State. He knows what the rivalry means, but he doesn't take it seriously. When you, ca- when in my opinion, when you take the job at Michigan, when you step foot in Schembechler Hall and you get there, your first thing on your mind uh, uh, should always be Ohio State when you take that job. How am I going to beat Ohio State? What are they doing in terms of recruiting? What are they saying about us? What should I be saying about them? Uh, what can I do every week to prepare my team for that game at the end of November against Ohio State? Or in this year's case, the end of, in, in mid-December, um, if if the season makes it makes it uh, makes it that far. And I almost hope that it doesn't at this point. I don't want to see Michigan um, get blown out by and 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 Ryan, their their coach. Uh, Coach Day with Ohio State said that they're gonna they're gonna try to hang a hundred on Michigan this year in the off season um, after Harbaugh publicly criticized him um, about breaking some sort of protocol or, or precaution in practice or, or something like that and then Day responded to that uh, by saying he's gonna hang a hundred on Michigan and I, I honestly think they could I don't want to see them hit the field against Chile this year because it's, it's just straight up embarrassing at this point um, but I, I I the guy I want Michigan to hire is Luke Fickle. I think the guy's an unbelievable football coach. I think he's a rising star head coach. Um, I think he'll eventually get to the NFL um, if, if he wants to go that way. But I think he's the perfect guy. He should be the number one guy on Michigan's list. Any fan, Ward Manual, I hope you're listening to me, man. I think this is your guy. I think this is your guy that comes that, that can come in, not only turn it around right away, but I think he can accomplish some goals that Harbaugh had and never reached. Um, and I think it could be immediate immediate success because it's not like Michigan has bad players they get good recruits um they do have some talent on that football team but it's not working for Jim Harbaugh and hopefully it works for somebody else and I think Fickle's the guy they got to go after if they don't get rid of Harbaugh like I said I'm not going to watch him anymore until something changes it's just so darn disappointing I'm so sick of it I'm embarrassed every week um and I know there's there's you know bigger things to be worrying about but uh in this world right now um but it is angering um, to, to, to see this continue, uh, the, the, just the constant failures and letdowns from this program. I've had enough. The, I can tell that most of the other fans have probably had enough as well. I think my brother, who has been a loyal Harbaugh guy, um, and give credit to him, I can't believe he's, somebody's been able to stick with him for this long, um, has, has finally reached the tipping point as well. I think the fan base collectively realizes that it's time to move on. So end of my rant, but let's move on to some NFL talk. Um, we are uh, approaching the um, more than midway through the NFL season. It, there's been some uh, bumps in the road. Um, you know, there's been some uh, you know stoppages and issues with COVID and rescheduling and and this and that here and there. But overall, it's been nice to have football every week. We never thought that, and you just got to enjoy it. You just got to enjoy every second of it because you didn't. Probably never thought that it, the season would make it this far, um, and, I, and and that's just been awesome um, to have something every week to look forward to. And in a time like this, it's always been football 
um, for me this year that I've been able to fall back on this fall. Um, and we have a good good slate of games this week. Um, a lot of important matchups. Um, we got the Broncos and the Falcons. That's kind of an underwhelming one there, but the Broncos are starting to play better football. Um, you know, uh, they've been playing better lately. They've won some games. They're kind of in that wild card race right now. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to watch. We'll go through and make picks after I kind of break down the matchups real quickly. Um, Seahawks and Bills. Um, my Buffalo Bills uh, there. Uh, that's going to be a tough game for them. Matt Milano, there's one of their starters um, in the middle, uh, and linebackers, one of their star linebackers. He is out. Uh, they placed him on injured reserve today, so that's disappointing. The Bills' defense has been sorry this year for most of the most of the season. Um, the Seahawks have the uh, best offense in the league. The Bills' offense is pretty good as well. That one, this one could be a shootout. Um, it's just really going to depend on, I think, whose who's defense can uh, make one or two more stops. The Ravens and the Colts, important game for Indianapolis. Um, they're they're uh, trailing Tennessee. Um, there's a big, big, big game after this week, and we'll talk about it soon. Um, the Colts are trailing the, the Titans uh, for the lead of the division. They're 5-2. and two. They're playing the Ravens. That should be a good one there. Um, that's in uh, in Bal- That's that's in Indianapolis. The Ravens and the Colts always kind of a rivalry game because of the old Baltimore Colts deal and that whole thing way back in the day. Always an interesting matchup. Texans and Jaguars, not much to say there. Both teams are miserable. Uh, one and six record. Um, this game could have implications on the uh, the NFL draft. Who's going to pick toward the uh, top? Who's going to maybe fall back a few for winning a couple too many games? Um, the Panthers and Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs, of course, uh, seven and one, playing great football. The Panthers. Uh, this this could be an interesting one. I think the Panthers can beat the Chiefs, um, but uh, I think Kansas City should have no problem there. Lions and Vikings. Um, this, this is actually interesting because Detroit's been playing better. The Vikings have actually been playing a lot better than the record says at two and five. Um, this, this could, uh, maybe one of these two teams could, uh, if they win this game, go on to be a serious contender in the, uh, wildcard race. I think the loser of this game, um, ultimately, uh, has no chance at the playoffs. Um, so that, that's a, that's kind of a make or break one there in Minnesota tomorrow. The Bears and the Titans, both teams, uh, have lost back to back games. The Bears uh, coming off a loss on Sunday to the uh, Saints in overtime. The Titans coming off an ugly one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they got beat up there. Their defense got destroyed by Joe Burrow. Um, they made a trade this week for Desmond King, a defensive back from the Los Angeles Chargers. Hopefully he can help the Titans out. Um, I think uh, I think he will. The Titans should be getting a Dory Jackson back as well. Um, so that, that'll be a, a boost for them. The Titans, man, their defense has got to start playing better, but I think... Uh, um, their offense can, might have to carry them here um, th- throughout the rest of the year. Another one, another one, uh, another game here that uh, could have some implications on um, the draft um, more than anything. The Giants and the Washington football team. Giants one and seven, Washington two and five. Not much to write home about that matchup. The Chargers and the Raiders. Man, those poor Chargers. They, I, they, they've lost so many games this year after being up by double digits. Um, they, uh, they, they lost another heartbreaker last week. Um, and, and that, that's just been a disaster there for them. They're a good football team until the fourth quarter of the second half when they blow their lead. Um, a lot better than what the record says, but the Raiders are uh, four and three in the well into that wild card race with the Miami Dolphins who are playing the Arizona Cardinals at five and two. This is an intriguing matchup. Um, the Dolphins, uh, um, a little bit disappointed last week after seeing uh, Tua Tungavailoa 
Um, only throw for, what, 94 yards or something like that in the Dolphins' victory over the Rams. I guess it got the job done, nonetheless. Um, the Dolphins uh, and Ram- uh, Cardinals, that should be interesting one. The Dolphins are uh, tra- trailing the Bills in that race for the division, so that should be um, you know, important. Uh, every game's important for Miami at this point, but uh, if they don't uh, catch the Bills for the AFC East, then they definitely are in that wild card, wild card race. And next we go to Steelers and the Cowboys. Steelers 7-0, Cowboys are a disaster under under Mike McCarthy, uh, the new head coach down there, former Packers head coach for a number of years. The the Steelers 7-0. It's time to start talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers as a uh, maybe undefeated, maybe can go 16-0. Um, they've been beating everybody in their way. They had a tough uh, win against the Baltimore Ravens last week. Um, on the road, beat them. In overtime, I believe, that was a good one there. The Steelers, um, let's just take a look at their schedule real quick and, and, and see you know, how, uh, how uh, likely it is they, they might be able to go uh, 16-0. and um, and they should have no problem with the Dallas Cowboys this week. They got Cincinnati. Oh man, they could, they have a realistic shot at this. They have uh, a lot of winnable games left on their schedule. They have the Cowboys tomorrow. Bengals. They play the Bengals twice. They play the Jaguars. They play the Ravens, which uh, is a tough one. Washington should be an easy, fairly simple game there. Um, it's a good year to have uh, the uh, NFC North as your uh, NFC opponent. Um, all those teams are miserable this year, um, including the Eagles, who are going to win that division with a losing record. Um, the Steelers and the Bills, that, that could be a tough game for Pittsburgh. Buffalo is a pretty good football team. The Browns, I could see giving them trouble, but the Steelers overall have a very, very realistic chance to go 16-0. and The toughest games on their schedule are Baltimore and Buffalo. Um, the Jaguars should be no issue. Washington... Cleveland and the and the Colts shouldn't really be a problem either. Um, this is going to be interesting for them, um, and something that we all have to start uh, taking eye on, uh, keeping an eye on, taking seriously. The Saints and the Buccaneers. This one could uh, pretty much decide the uh, NFC South. The Saints at five and two. The Buccaneers at six and two. Breeze versus Brady, part two. The Saints beat the Buccaneers earlier this season in Week One. This one uh, has a huge. Huge implications for the playoffs. If the Saints win again, the Buccaneers might not be able to win the division. Uh, and then uh, finally, Monday night, Patriots and Jets. Um, not much to say about that. The Patriots look to be uh, over. That looks to be over in New England. Their dynasty looks to be um, heading in the wrong direction. Um, it looks to be uh, crumbling um, now. Uh, that 2-5 and five looks like they're uh, maybe playing, to, uh, playing for a draft position as well. And, and, and without Brady... They went with Cam Newton this year, who hasn't played very well. The Jets 0-8, uh, they're going to be firing uh, their head coach, Adam Gase, at the end of this year, probably, and then um, looking for another head coach again. Jets, terrible team. Let's go through and make some picks here. Oh, and I forgot to mention, yes, the Packers, of course, did beat the 49ers 34-7 to on Thursday night. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, thank you very much. Uh, for those fantasy points and got me off to a nice start in a much must-win week for me. We'll break down the matchups. We'll make some picks. I'll uh, maybe give you a little fantasy advice uh, if you don't mind before uh, we 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 close it up for the week here. Um, I'm going to take the Falcons over the Broncos. I like the Falcons in that one for some reason. Another team that has lost a lot of disappointing games um, this season. Uh, a lot better than the record. I think uh, Julio Jones and company will uh, go down there and beat the Broncos. 
the Bills and the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. Should be a close game in Buffalo. Um, it'll be nice weather, unusually warm up there in Buffalo um, for November, but I think uh, the Seahawks are going to win that one. Uh, the Bills' defense doesn't have enough to make stops. Their offense isn't as good as Seattle's, so therefore Seattle's going to win the game. Uh, the Ravens and the Colts, uh, I'm going to take the Colts in this one just because I'm playing devil's advocate for the Colts. Big matchup against the Tennessee Titans next Thursday night. That one could pretty much uh, have some huge um, um, implications on the AFC South division race. Texans and Jaguars, I'll take the Texans. The Jaguars and the Texans are both bad, but uh, the Texans still have a better quarterback and better players overall than the Jaguars do. Panthers and Chiefs, the Chiefs obviously... Um, picking up steam here. They're going to win the game. There, I'm Vikings and Lions. Uh, Matt Stafford got uh, released from the COVID-19 reserve list today, so he'll, he will be starting for the Lions tomorrow. I'm going to go with the Lions in this one. Uh, although the Vikings are playing better football lately, uh, I think the, I'd like to see the Lions uh, um, get some momentum going. I think they could be a contender for the wild card. Um, I like the Lions in that one. Bears and Titans, I like the Tennessee Titans in this one. Two-game losing streak. They're a really good football team. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry on offense. A.J. Brown has also been uh, really solid since returning from injury. I like the Titans in this one by a couple scores. I think this Bears team, um, they're 5-3, they're and three, but I don't think they're as good as the record shows. Um, I haven't been impressed with them all year long. Um, Washington and the Giants, I'm going to take Washington. Uh, the Giants, actually, you know what? I'm going I'm to correct myself on that. The Giants... They're one and seven, but they've been competitive in almost every single game this season. I like the Giants in this one at one and seven. Actually, I guess we can kind of say that uh, it's it's not unrealistic to think the Giants could win the division <laughs> right now because all those teams in that division are so bad. All have losing records. Um, I think the Giants are going to win that game. I like uh, I like what uh, first year head coach Joe Judge is doing there. Raiders and Chargers. I'll take the uh, Raiders in this one. I think the Chargers are going to start falling apart here after all those tough um, late-game collapses. I think that takes a toll on a team. I can see them showing up tomorrow and getting blown out by a pretty good Raiders team, who, by the way, got fined a ridiculous amount for breaking COVID protocols. Um, pretty embarrassing, if you ask me, for John Gruden there. But uh, let's take a look uh, at the, the Dolphins and the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one, although the Dolphins are playing good football this season. I like what Kyler Murray and company is doing there in Arizona. Steelers and Cowboys. The Cowboys are just a complete disaster. I would not be surprised at one bit if they decided to move on from Mike McCarthy after one season. He has just been awful, awful there. Um, I like the Steelers keep their undefeated season going um, there. Make it 8-0. I like what they have on offense. Um, James Conner at running back. Ben Roethlisberger playing pretty good football as well. Chase Claypool, their rookie receiver, he's awesome. Great fantasy pickup. Juju Smith, obviously, still a threat at wide receiver, but they just have so many weapons in that offense, and their defense is unbelievable. Uh, I like the Steelers there. Saints and Buccaneers. I like the uh, Saints again in this one. Um, I think uh, they're they're playing better football, and they they started the season a little slow, but uh, I like the Saints and the Buc uh, taking down the Buccaneers and probably uh, winning a division title tomorrow. Uh, quite honestly, that's a Sunday night game. Patriots and Jets. I'm going to give the Jets a win here. I think it would be so funny to see the Jets at 0-8 get their first win of the year against a Patriots team that just isn't one of those classic Belichick teams anymore. They don't scare anybody. There's nothing scary about the New England Patriots anymore. I think the Jets will get their first win of the year. 
on Monday Night Football against the New England Patriots. So let's take a look at my fantasy lineup. I hope some of you guys listening have some of the same players or else this advice is silly to give. But uh, let's let's take a look at my lineups. I haven't set my lineups yet, so we'll do that while we're talking uh, here. Um, I am up pretty big um, in one of my leagues because uh, I had Aaron Rodgers um, at quarterback and Devonta Adams at wide receiver. Uh, so that that's pretty set in stone there. But the rest of the lineup, um, I'm going to have to make a couple changes this week because I have some guys hitting their bye weeks. So at running back, I have Alvin Kamara. He's always a valuable start because even if he's not running the ball much, he's always involved in New Orleans' pass game. I like him to start at running back one every week. Doesn't matter who he's playing. Mike Evans, uh, New Orleans defense, they're okay, but I, I can see Mike Evans having a pretty good game. He had 16 for me last week. He's been pretty consistent when he's been healthy this season. Calvin Ridley's been awesome for me. Uh, I'm going to start him at wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to have to go pick up another tight end. Um, Jimmy Graham with the Bears. Actually, I might keep him in the lineup this week. Tennessee's defense isn't great. Um, so uh, I might keep Graham there for one more week, give another shot. DJ Moore is finally starting to come through for me with Carolina. He had a slow start to the season, but he's finally starting to put together some good performances. I like him a lot at the flex. The Bears' defense, uh, they could have a tough game tomorrow against the Titans, but you know the defense really isn't that important when, when in fantasy for me. Um, I've had so much trouble with defenses this year. Um, I've started a million different defenses, and I've never been able to get any points out of it. Um, so Chicago has been fairly decent for me. Steven Gostowski at kicker. Um, he's been hit or miss um, this season. I, uh, he, he can be frustrating with some of his misses, but I, I, I trust him more often than not. Who am I going to start at running back that Kareem Hunt is on a bye week? Um, I'm going to go with uh, the rookie in Baltimore, former Wisconsin Badger, Jonathan Taylor, of course. Um I'm I'm gonna go with him. I think uh, he'll he'll be pretty good. I actually might. Uh, I, it's funny. I picked up Antonio Brown um, for off of waivers, um, so I could actually start him or Claypool this week as well. I might have to take a look at this. Uh, DJ Moore might might be bumped down. Um, I might have to maybe sit Ridley as well because both of those defenses are pretty good. Denver's defense is pretty good, and uh, Kansas City's defense might be able to stop more. So I might start Antonio Brown and Claypool tomorrow instead of those guys. Um, quarterback, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Um, a couple more options on my bench would be Mark Ingram. Um, I have Ryan Tannehill as well, but I've already started a quarterback for the week. Um, so, yeah, that's what my fantasy lineup is going to look like. Might make some changes there. I think Claypool would be a good start because Dallas's defense is brutal and can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, my other um, other team... Uh, that I have going with a couple of my buddies from home out there in Grafton, Wisconsin. Um, this is a like a, a 12, 15 team league, so um, the the talent in the tray in the uh, in the uh, draft kind of dries up pretty quickly quickly because there's so many guys picking. Um, but I ended up with a pretty good team, been happy with it. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of the pack with it uh, in terms of standings. Josh Allen is my quarterback this week. Delvin Cook, uh, he's been great when he's been able to stay healthy and on the field. Ronald Jones at running back. I might have to find somebody else um, to, to be a running back because the Buccaneers kind of benched Ronald Jones last week. That was kind of concerning. I don't really have any other options on my bench for running back, so I'll have to take a look at the market and see what's out there. There usually isn't much um, in this, in this uh, league uh, of this size. 
Stefan Diggs as well, A.J. Brown um, at wide receiver, Mike Kosicki at tight end, Adam Thielen at the flex. Uh, pretty good, solid core of receivers there. I might uh, decide to make another change at tight end. Kosicki was good to start off the year, but Jonu Smith has been uh, pretty good as well on my bench. Uh, and Gasicki's been slowing down lately. I'll have to figure out what to do with defense. I've been, like I said, this 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 is the league where I've started a million different defenses. Um, Tennessee's defense, I have them in the set right now, but I think uh, I don't know. I don't like I don't like I I haven't been uh, favored with them this year. Um, and Chris Boswell at kicker is pretty consistent. Um, so yeah, that's what my lineup looks like there. Um, and that uh, that might be all we have for you this week on the Mike Hogan Show. I want to uh, thank everybody for tuning in here, and uh, uh, always a pleasure to uh, be on the air. Just a reminder, uh, I've been trying to do these every week. Uh, I've been busy with election coverage and stuff like that and different things popping up with school, but I will be back in the area uh, at the end of the month, and I hope to be back in the studio and doing some live shows for you guys um, out that way. Again, thank you for listening. Always a pleasure. Signing off on the Mike Hogan Show, Mike Hogan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 